Welcome to Swarupa Vidya Ashram. My name is Swami Nirmalananda. Each audio is a discourse that I offered at a satsang, a free meditation program, and was followed by meditation. These teachings address the underlying questions of life. Who am I? Why am I here? How do I do what I came here to do? I went to my guru with these same questions while he gave me the teachings I share here. Most importantly, he gave me the inner experience they describe. This is why I teach, to share the same with you, both the theory and the inner experience of your own inherent divinity. The bliss of consciousness is your birthright. Meditate and discover that you are greater than you could ever imagine. Om Namah Shivaya Gurave Satchidanandamurtaye Nishpapanchaya Shantaya Niralambaya Tejase Mutanandaya Gurave Shisha Samsara Harane Bhakta Kayaikade Hayan Namaste Chitsaratmane Hetave Jagatameva Samsara Nava Setave Prabhave Saiva Vidyanam Shambhave Gurave Namaha Guru Brahma, Guru Vishnu, Guru Devo Maheshvara, Guru Sakshat Parabrahma, Tasmai Shri Gurave Namaha, Om Svarupa Svasvabhava Namo Namaha. Om. I bow to my own self. I bow to my Baba's own self. I bow to his Baba's own self. I bow to your own self. Your own self, your own isness, beingness, your own existence, O Shiva. The one reality that is being all is being you. Again and again I bow. Om Swarupa Swaswa Bhava Namo Namaha. Knowledge, knowing, and knowingness. You already know how to gain knowledge. You have been learning all your life long. You know so many things. You can even list some of the many things you know. But instead, I'm going to ask you how you gained your knowledge. Some of it you were taught, whether in your years of formal schooling or maybe something you learned recently from your next door neighbor. When I was in high school, we had driver's ed. I remember one teacher who taught us how an internal combustion engine works. 
which has been very useful information to me as a driver and car owner for several decades. At the time, I remember thinking, you know, I could drive a car without knowing how the engine works. So I wondered how useful this information really was going to be. It was clear to me that I was never going to be a car mechanic, but I do need them and I use them and I need to understand what they're telling me. So you were taught lots of things, not just by school teachers, but by the other kids in school, as well as your family members and other people. You're still acquiring knowledge. Right now, even learning the yogic principles that describe consciousness. It's a lot like learning about a car engine. You can better understand how it works and how to work with it. You also figure out a lot of things on your own. At home alone one summer day, when I was about 10 or 11 years old, I carefully and methodically lit and burned matches one after the other. I burned up a whole box of wooden matches, figuring out how matches work and how fire works. When my mother found the residue some days later, she was horrified. But I was actually much safer by having knowledge about fire than not having that knowledge. I have loved fire ever since. <laughs> In a fireplace, beach bonfires, even the gas flame on the stove. I love the flame. And especially the Vedic Yagna the sacred fire ceremonies. So you've gained knowledge by being taught as well as by figuring it out on your own. Knowledge is important. I'm doing a comparison between knowledge, knowing and knowingness. This is all for the purpose of you understanding the consciousness that you are and better yet, experiencing the consciousness that you are. That's the whole point of yoga, to get beyond the theory to the experience. Knowledge is what you know. Knowing is how you know it. Knowledge is what you know. Knowing is how you know it. Now I'll talk about knowing. Sometimes in a discussion with other yogis, I'll see someone give a knowing nod or a little knowing grin. I love to catch them in it and ask, what's that nod? What's that grin? You know something here. And what they say next is always so meaningful. Their words are coming from a knowing, a genuine knowing, not just a theory or an idea. When you know about things, that's knowledge. But when you've experienced the truth of it, you have a knowing. It's like knowing how to ride a bicycle, something that took me actually a long time to figure out and learn how to do. They say that once you learn, you'll always be able to do it. I got to test that theory out a few years ago after a 20 plus year gap in bicycle riding. I was with a group that rented bikes at the beach for a lovely afternoon ride. I was a little trepidatious. And you know what? Yep, I still knew how to ride it. I must say bikes have changed a lot since I was a preteen. 
but I had the basics down pat. Once you know, you know. Yoga says this is true of consciousness as well. Once you've experienced your own self, the deeper dimension of your own being, you know there is more to you than you'd ever imagined. This is yoga's purpose, to give you the knowing of your own self. It begins with an experience of stillness or depth, an inner plenitude or fullness that is like none other. It deepens into an inner steadiness. Even in the face of life's craziness, that deeper dimension of your own being that supports you from the inside out. And it gets better as you expand into your inner knowing of your own being. But who is knowing who? When you study the yoga principles, like we're doing now, you're gaining knowledge about the reality of your own self. But when you are knowing your own self, that's experiential. You might describe it as being centered or feeling whole. Or maybe you've found the inner vastness that expands beyond the edges of your body and your mind. And there's the bliss. Maybe for you it begins as energy or a sense of deep peace. It develops into a tangible aliveness and bliss. You are experiencing your own self. You are knowing your own self. But who is knowing who? When you're looking inward, which is what meditation is, you're delving into the deeper dimensions of your own being. When you're looking inward, which is what meditation is, you're delving into the deeper dimensions of your own being. But when you're on the outside looking inward, there are two of you here. Maybe even more. You've proven it by your ability to argue with yourself or to doubt yourself or to beat up on yourself or even to encourage yourself. You can tell yourself, come on, you can do this. Who's talking to whom? How many of you are there in there? I don't want to know. All these different selves are constructed by your mind. Oh, your mind is tricky. It can glom onto things and stay stuck on them for a long time. Like when I collected butterflies. Not real butterflies not dead butterflies. I collected artistic depictions of butterflies, a nice thematic scheme for the walls of my home. The butterflies were beautiful and they had a lot of meaning for me. They represented transformation, which I wanted and was working on as best I knew how. This was BY, before yoga, when I felt I'd been a caterpillar for too long. I wanted to have iridescent wings and the ability to fly lighter than air. I wanted to know more than I knew. 
I knew how to function in the world, even how to get most of the things that I wanted. I knew how to avoid problems like avoiding speeding tickets by avoiding the speed traps, for I knew exactly where they set them up along my usual commute to work. Later, I realized you could avoid speeding tickets by simply not speeding. <laughs> wow. <laughs> While I had knowledge, knowledge wasn't enough for me. I wanted more. So I was a seeker. As I explored in different religions and spiritual systems, I learned more things. I sometimes even had meaningful experiences, but they weren't reliable. I'd go back to the same group and go through the same process with them. And sometimes I'd be in bliss, but other times I'd be wondering, what the heck are we doing here? I was gaining knowledge about how different people did it, but I wasn't getting into the knowing. Then I found Papa. Reliable? Absolutely. Every time. Whether I was in the room with him or he was thousands of miles away. I didn't even have to be in his meditation hall. I could meditate in my own home. And when I used his system, it worked. Every time. And knowing? Yes, I was deepening into a knowing. But I was deepening into something deeper that I couldn't describe. Now I call it knowingness. But back then I didn't have the words. Now I'm trying to tease them apart for you. Knowledge and knowing, which I've already talked about. And I'm going to add another term, knowingness. Knowledge is what you know. Knowing is how you know it. But we're talking about knowing the self, your own self, your own divine essence. This is yoga's stated goal, that you live in the self-knowingness of your own beingness. Thus, we're looking at knowledge, knowing, and knowingness so that you can get to the self-knowingness of your own being. Knowledge is what you know about. When you know about the self, the consciousness that you are, you know that there's a goal worth pursuing. You learn what supports your growth into self and what undermines it. The yamas and niyamas are a great example of this. When you live your life according to these spiritual precepts, you are gradually and beautifully transformed. Don't harm others. Speak only the truth. Don't steal. Get your mind out of the gutter. Become free from greed. Purity. Practice contentment. Challenge yourself. Pour your mind toward God and surrender to God. Is this something close to what a perfect life looks like? Not creating karma? not weighting yourself down anymore, getting lighter and freer. Yep. Knowledge of these precepts and other teachings tell you what to do. Knowledge is what you know. Knowing is how you know it. 
You have a knowing of something when you've experienced it. For me, I have a knowing of Baba's voice. I have saturated my senses with the resonance of his voice. Consciousness reverberates through his words. He said the same thing about Nityananda. Once I was in the room when Baba described that Nityananda didn't speak much. He would hum. Hmm. He would look around and Baba mimicked Nityananda scratching his head. And then Nityananda would say, hmm. Everything was in that sound. Baba had a knowing of Nityananda's voice. I'll talk about the yamas and niyamas again. For example, when you experience the results of ahimsa, not causing harm, you realize there's no other way you want to live. What is the result of mastering non-harmfulness? Patanjali explains chapter 2, verse 35 of the Yoga Sutras, 2.35. Ahimsa pratishtayam tatsam nidal vaira tyagaha. All others cease to feel hostility in the presence of one who is firmly established in nonviolence. You walk into the room and everyone calms down. You are a peacemaker. So you have a knowing of non-harming, an inner knowing of peace and acceptance, even of the hard stuff. You can still work toward positive change, but it comes from love, not from your objection to how life is going. Knowing is deep. When you have a knowing of your own self, you rely on the experiences you've had. You can even remember an experience of the self, and you go there again. By remembering a deep meditation and how you felt afterward, or the incredible inner space, even bliss of a chant, or in the stillness and the love in the moments after it ends. Simply the memory of that experience puts you right back in that place, in your own self. How great. It's your knowing that gets you there. First, you have to have experiences of the self in order to do this work. That's the guru's job. In a Shaktipat tradition, the guru gives you experiences of the self. So then you know where to look and what you're looking for. Then you do your part. And the experience gets deeper and easier. Baba spoke of that in the quote we began with. The different upayas, methodologies. Now he lists a few. Chanting hymns to God. Offering salutations. Repeating the mantra, Om Namah Shivaya. Worship, meditation, and the practices leading to samadhi and other spiritual activities are all taught in order to facilitate this transformation. So if you're on the outside and you want to look inward, Baba says you use upayas, methodologies, to get inside. He listed several practices, 
some of which are little known in the Western yoga world, chanting hymns to God, offering salutations, worship, repeating the mantra, Om Namah Shivaya. Oh, we've heard of this one before. Oh, well, at least I've talked about it before, whether you've heard me or not. <laughs> Meditation. Oh, another familiar methodology, right? Such an important practice. And he lists the practices leading to samadhi. That's all the limbs of yoga, all the poses, all the breathing, the study of the teachings, everything. Why did he list these practices? He said they are done to facilitate transformation. What is the transformation? That the small s self is transformed so your own capital S self, the light of your own being can shine through. Then your superficial level of being, your small s self, cannot hide your capital S self anymore. I'll compare your small s self to a window overlooking a beautiful view. You don't want mud on that window. So you clean your window. You do the practices that transform your mind. And this brings me back to all the artistic depictions of butterflies that I had hanging on the walls of my home. I had the idea, even the ideal of transformation, but I didn't know how to get there. Baba transformed me. Well, he transformed my mind, which is what needs the transformation. And then I didn't need the butterflies anymore. And you know what I put on the wall instead? Pictures of Baba. <laughs> I did help with the transformation. I did the practices he told me to do. Well, mostly I did them. Imperfectly, I confess. And they worked anyway absolutely reliable. When your mind is transformed, you're not stuck at knowledge anymore. You're not even stuck at knowing. As great as that is, there's a problem with it. In the knowing, it's your mind that knows your own self, which means it's a partial knowing of the self. But the goal is knowingness. This is when your capital S self knows its own self. Knowledge is what you know. Knowing is how you know it. Knowingness is deeper. When you are outside and you look inward, that's meditation. But who is outside? And who are you looking inward toward? You're looking inward to find your own self, your own inherent divinity, your own beingness. Okay, so that's what's inside, capital S self, your own self. But who is on the outside looking inward? That's called self too. But this is small s self, the sense of self that keeps you small, separate, needy, anxious, reactive, and full of doubt. It is your mind that does this. A particular capacity of mind called the I maker, ahankara, it makes or creates for you a sense of I, a false sense of self. It's also translated as ego. Your ego keeps you small, always cutting you down to size. 
I call this small as self. You make yourself feel small, insignificant, and unworthy. Small as self, it keeps you small. Oh, mind. You see, your own capital S self is consciousness itself. And consciousness itself is all-knowing. Consciousness is all-knowing because it is consciousness, the power of pure awareness, the self-reflective capacity of beingness to know its own beingness. This is knowingness. I'll go through it again. Knowledge is what you know. Knowing is how you know it. But this is all mind. It's how your mind works. There is a deeper knowing in you, which I am calling knowingness. This knowingness is not a function of mind. It's a deeper knowing. Some people call it intuition, but that name only applies when it's in relationship to outer things. When your own knowingness knows inner things, you know the nature of consciousness, for it is consciousness that is knowing itself. And you are that consciousness that is knowing itself. This is enlightenment. This is self-realization, that your own self knows your own self. I call this knowingness. Enlightenment is not that you're looking inward all the time, that you're constantly getting your mind to focus on self, always remembering self. That's a wonderful practice, but that's not enlightenment. The reality is that you only need to look inward when you've gotten outside of yourself. It's good to look inward at that point. When you've gotten lost out there again, you need to head back home. Mantra is the easiest way to do this, but Baba gave us a whole list of things that work. But self-realization is when you're on the inside looking outward. It's like after meditation, when you linger for a bit, and then you open your eyes slowly. As you cultivate the ability to do this, you can rest longer and longer in this extraordinary inner state where you are inside looking out. I'll talk you through this today in our meditation. This is why Nityananda's and Muktananda's photos are so compelling, because they are inside looking out. You can see it in their eyes. This is what I call basing yourself in your own self. This is the knowingness, the self-knowingness that is yoga's goal. I'm going to read Baba's quote again. The different upayas, methodologies, chanting hymns to God, offering salutations, repeating the mantra, Om Namah Shivaya, worship, meditation, the practices leading to samadhi and other spiritual activities are all taught in order to facilitate this transformation. With the help of these things, a person's knowledge expands and he experiences the bliss of consciousness. 
As long as his body is alive, he lives happily. Once his body dies, he becomes one with Paramashiva. You become the one that you have always been, O Shiva. You are beingness itself. And you know that you are beingness itself. This is the knowingness of your own self, knowing your own self. This is your destiny. How do you get there? Do more yoga. Om Swarupa Swaswa Bhavan Namo Namaha.